Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Headlines seize our attention, especially when they're about a crime. But there's more to these stories than just their headlines. I'm Carrie Ipema. And I'm Quinlan Posner. Every week, we'll bring you a real crime that made the headlines. One you may have heard of before, or one you may have never imagined possible. But we'll take you beyond what you see on the front page. We'll follow the story as it happens in real time and use hindsight to pull apart fact from fiction. From Lifetime comes a brand new weekly podcast, Crime of a Lifetime. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Welcome to the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. We shall open with a poem from Arsene Wenger. When you have just the trousers on, it is easy to take the trousers off as well. But when you are naked completely, you have to find the shirt to try to put it on again and dress normal again. Whew. Welcome to the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I'm here with Dan. Hello. Um, we're here with some beautiful Chinese music playing on in the background. Um, that was a poem from uh, Arsene Wenger after the weekend's podcast. We're back here again. The music sounds serene, but Arsenal are not. How are you feeling? 
Um, I'm feeling wise and inspired. Outside of that, I'm talking about Arsenal, Dan. Not, oh. not general day-to-day life. Oh, How are you no. feeling? I'm in a dark death spiral as usual. Yeah, we really are in the spiral of doom. Uh, Arsenal lost to Brighton at the weekend. It, I think it's hard to say that that was unexpected. Uh, don't know. <laughs> no? Well, you thought that that was unexpected? A little bit. Come on. Brighton... I thought it was gonna. I thought that that was gonna happen. I thought they were more than capable. If you, the, did you call that? You called that loss. Is that what you're telling me? I didn't call anything. But <laughs> in, in my head, I felt that that was. Uh, I felt there was a chance. You didn't. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, Arsenal lost to to Brighton away from home. I think in the uh, the last two Manchester City games, it was clear that the boys had thrown in the towel a little bit on the season. The big question before the game was like, how far do they want to take it? Did they want to show the manager that they really wanted him out? And I think categorically the answer was yes. But we'll explore that in a little bit more detail um, as we go along uh, today. So, Dan, do you want to um, lead in with some uh, horrific statistics before we jump into the contents of today's podcast? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk about where we're at by the numbers. Um, uh, I've got an interesting statistic for you. In 2018, all competitions, we've lost more games than we've won and drawn combined. Wow, also, that's depressing. Also, in Premier League this season, we've lost more games than we've won and drawn combined. Wow. I've played 14 and lost 8. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I... I I don't think I said away in the last stat there, but that was the away record. So the away record in the Premier League right now, three wins, four draws, eight losses. That's incredible. That is incredible. And in total, we've played 29 and lost 10. Unbelievable. I feel like you have to try to be that bad. I think this is the worst. I think we've got the worst win ratio ever for Arsene Wenger. It's got to be. So I think it's a, I'm not even going to look it up, but it's got to be. It's 44%-ish. We could finish the season in our lowest position ever under Arsene Wenger. I think he could finish this season lower than Bruce Rioch. Bruce Rioch took us from 13th to 5th. I, don't th- I think we're eight, po- eight points behind 5th. at the- Five like points away from 7th. I mean, ideally, that's where you want to finish. Seventh. Like, <laughs> I mean, you, not me. Not me. We, we don't no. want a hope of Europe. I don't want to get in Burnley's way. I don't want to. On their way to the top. I just, and they've had a good season. Yeah, they just disappears. Actually, can I? I'm sorry to stop you, but can I give you one more stat that pertains to City and us that I that I dug up, looking at the table. Um, so, uh, like you said, you know, we've we've gone through two horrible losses to them, and then Brighton on the heels of that, which means that now. As it stands, Manchester City now have the same number of points as they finished with last season. 29 matches in, same number of points. Meanwhile, for Arsenal, it is now mathematically impossible for us to finish with the same number of points as we did last season. Today, But I don't want to get too in the weeds about the Brighton game because I feel like it's just part of the collection uh, of terrible games that we've been having this season. So... Uh, I think when I talk about what we're witnessing in general, I think we should talk about 
what did Wenger do to try and prevent Brighton? Because I think that that's interesting. Um, you can generally tell where a manager's head is by uh, how ambitious he is in, in the changes that he makes. And I, I don't think what we saw at the weekend indicated that Wenger has any control over the situation or any idea of how to get out of it. Wenger's lost two games, pretty average performances in both. So his solution was to drop Hector Bellerin, um, bring in Kalasanak. Um, not a not a fan favourite. Well, maybe a fan favourite, but definitely not um, a great performer. Uh, he brought a Wobi into the team. Continued with Jacker. What do you, yep. <laughs> if yep. you're if you are trying to shake things up at Arsenal? Why would you persist with such a bland lineup? Like, what what do you think that the manager was thinking then? I don't really know. I think he claimed Ramsey was sat for fitness. It sounded like he thought he was tired after the past two games. I know. Do you buy it? He's only just come back from injury. I mean, I suppose that's a a fair point that he's only just come back from injury. He didn't play particularly well in either of the Manchester City games, but I don't know. It it feels a bit odd because today Arsenal.com released a story saying it was, it was basically alluding to the rested players were there for Milan. Hmm. I mean, I suppose you assume you can beat Brighton in really any form you're in normally, right? I don't know. Maybe it's just that maybe it's the as bad as things are. It's the assumption that it shouldn't be a problem. I can rest, you know, at least one or two of my key guys. I don't know. What do you you make of Bayerian? Do you think that was? Well, there's a report in the Sun tonight saying he's furious about being dropped. I mean, in, in fairness to Wenger, Bellerin is overplayed. I think he's it has the most minutes for Arsenal this season. He's yeah, a bit of a robot. He's right up there for sure. Um, but I, I don't know. I, th- I think I would have preferred him in the side to Klasnak. Um But yeah, I, I, like resting Ramsey, I, I'm not really sure. You think you give him a run out and let him uh, dominate a side because it, he certainly didn't do that in the last two games. But he's I'll, still one of our you know most important players and, and to, to rest him for... For this when you're trying to find form is I don't know there's some question marks there for sure yeah it definitely feels absurd that you wouldn't want to put out your best players for that game to at least get a win under your belt so that going into Milan you guaranteed that you had the right players available right and also we've been our first team hasn't been playing Europa League this year they should have fresh legs no yeah yeah that's that's the crazy part remember we were we were uh all excited that we we wouldn't really have to get tired this season because we'd really only be in one competition with the first team and you know the scrubs could come in and mop up Europa League for us and we'd stay fresh but uh and yeah but this know. is my point on um Aaron Ramsey and I know that everybody loves him thinks that he's I amazing it's a, I think it's a little bit I think it's a little bit a sign of the times in in, in my opinion the guy the guy's uh, only had to deal with one game a week and he's only played, what, 35% of our Premier League games? No, he's missed 35% of our Premier League games this year. That's, that's kind of poor. I mean, we can talk a little bit later about um, whether we... I mean, that's like, that's his body, though. You know, like, what season has he done where he... he's? I mean, he generally gets uh, more games than he has, but he's always out for a couple of weeks. 
You know, he's always Important got a hamstring. Weeks. Yeah, <laughs> Important weeks. Yeah, usually he's, in December. He's always got a hamstring or a thigh or something going on. Then he takes seven games to get back into form. Right. And then he's back in form right at the end of the season <laughs> or right at the start of the season. Do you th- do the stories are from uh, Draper over at the, the Daily Mail saying that Arsenal are going to try and sell him. Agree or disagree? Um, I disagree, but... I would say if if that's the plan, if he's not going to sign on, absolutely make it happen this summer. I'm not about the situation we got into last time. There's there's no reason to let it slide. You know, it's it's decision time this summer. So um, we are off topic again. Let's get back on it. Uh, so pretty shoddy lineup. Um, Wenger making some missteps. Um, he obviously doesn't understand the severity of the situation because he's he's resting important players. Um, or he does understand the severity of the situation and he's put in all of his money on the Europa League, which is probably more realistic. I mean, it, it is. It, it the is. chances of us getting fifth are now pretty slim. So the chances of fourth are, are, are all but gone. Um, then the, the, the game happens. We're down inside 20 minutes again. Um, and then we, we actually go uh, two goals down which was shocking. We're getting dominated by a group of uh, well-organized journeymen. Um, we pull one back at halftime that Jacker finds an assist. Almost looks like that that whole goal was a, was a sheepish accident. Um, and then the, the second half, like, what did you think of the reaction? Yeah. What did you, ex- what did you expect a reaction as pathetic as the I, one that was? Sh- I, I, I expected a reaction, but there seemed to be none at all. Which um, I don't know. You you had to imagine he was giving a fire and brimstone halftime talk, right? But I don't know. We just didn't. We didn't look alive again. They, it's the the spirit's not there. Players feel body language as well. And you looked at the bench. Wenger's eyes were getting redder and redder. Like he looked more and more angry. He looked lost. Um, he looked, he look, I, I don't know that he's looked broken before, but he looks completely confused about what's going on at the moment. Do you, th- like, do you think the players can sense that maybe this is the end game? Yeah, I think absolutely they can. And it, like you said, he's, the body language is, is there for sure. And I think everyone picks up on that. I mean, he's not, he's not the, the guy that's out there raving on the touchline, but he still would... I don't know, you can tell there's a marked difference when someone's staring at like down at their feet half the time and his eyes are reddening and he's just he looks like he's clueless and he, he looks like he he just desperately wants something to happen but he doesn't know what exactly. He was yeah. cr- cracking it, it looked like a pencil like breaking up pencils like trying <laughs> to get rid of that that nervous tension. So we didn't pull anything back. Didn't even look like we were going to threaten uh, Brighton. We lost. Uh, same old, same old. Uh, terrible performance from Jacker. I honestly don't know what that guy has to do to get dropped. I know that I said it last I'm, week. I'm starting to feel bad that we just, we he, just like, we spend 10 minutes talking about how poor Jacker is every yeah. week. But, but then he but give, gives the ball away. He's yeah. not paying attention to It's run. really suspect at this point. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. And this, this is what I would have liked from Wenger. Be bold. Start, start Eddie Nketiah. Start, uh, start El Nenners, man. Put him in the middle. Or, uh, or <laughs> no, or Maitland Niles, or I don't know. Yes. Do something to shake up yeah. the side. Need more um, Maitland Niles for sure. Because Nketiah came on, 
And he doesn't look like he's been brutalized by the regime yet. Because he's got confidence, right? He looked like a truck came and dropped him off, and he didn't know where he was. And he was just, oh, here's a football game. I'll slot right in. Yeah. It it was great. It it looks like he just wants to go and play football, which is great. He had no baggage on him. (laughs) It's quite disappointing, though, how affected Aubameyang is. I mean, I'm guessing he's a a confidence player, and he's come into the worst working environment in the Premier League. (laughs) And like he looks like the guy that's bringing the smiles all the time and nobody wants to smile with him because they're all <laughs> totally depressed. But it, for a, a £50 million pound striker, it's bit, he was pretty disappointing again. I know he scored a goal. He had a tidy goal. That was a, that was a nice finish. I mean, an easy one for sure when you're standing right there. For, what was he, like six yards out? But still, it was... Uh, At least he was there. Ni- nice, little, uh, nice little scoop with the outside of the boot. Yeah, it was, it was quality. But I guess maybe Lacazette's sitting in his hospital bed smiling at the moment because there was no service <laughs> for him. And people like me cited the fact that he had a lack of pace and physical power. Obama Yang's come in and there's no service there. Mm-hmm. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up the question again. Meza Ozil, 250,000, 300,000 uh, a week. And he's not creating anything. I haven't seen any key pass stats about Meza of late. Is that because he just doesn't give a fuck or like he's part of the Wenger out brigade or is it because he traditionally fades in the second half of the season because he's not very fit and that's why we have to give him so many holidays? I, I don't think his fitness is that bad right now. I think he he's like any other player in that the situation affects them and he's not he's not openly sulking but you know it's it's clear that like the team is not functioning in a way that's conducive to him playing well you know. Uh, you can call it fair weather or whatever you like, but he's he's not he's not there with any sort of options. Like what he doesn't have a lot of key passes he can make at the moment because we're we've got just just our striker who's very isolated, and unless you just play him through or you know take a stab at it, there's there's really not anywhere to play the ball to because we don't have other. You've got. Jack and Jaka back there, who are, you know, who are not going to really search forward. They're both going to just collect the ball. You don't really have any wingers there. You've got Awobi, who's who's prone to come inside as well. So there's just not not a lot working in the grand scheme of things, you know. I think you're making excuses for him. <laughs> Absolutely, I think, I think, but, but he, deser- think, he deserves these excuses. I don't think so. I think <laughs> that, uh, like Matt's pointed out in the podcast before, um, we we know a leadership performance when we see it from Ozil because it stands out like a sore thumb. Ozil against Chelsea in the semi-final was different level. He dragged that team up. Can't right. even remember seeing him. But at the you weekend. can't expect that from him because that's Why not? not the that's not the style of player. He's simply not that type of player. How can you say it's not the style? It's not his style. I, but people say this. They make so not. many excuses. You can't say this. It's not excuse. It's just his his character. That's just how he is. But you can't say it's not his style when he did it against Chelsea, a far better side. It's just a choice. It is a choice whether he wants to stand up. Part of this comes from the manager, but part of me says... Well, well tell, me, tell me then who is standing up at the moment. Who did you feel, felt, who did you feel stood up for the team in that match? Because I don't think you could point out anyone. But shouldn't our most expensive player, our best player, our player that we've just tied down to a massive long deal, shouldn't he be leading the side? Why is he such a shrink? Why is he? Why is he so such a so, so weak when he when he doesn't fancy it? 
And, and, and fans go, no, you just don't understand us. Or I do, though, because I've got magic powers. No, <laughs> I, he's playing like shit at the moment. As soon as he signed that new deal, he's on he's on holiday. I, I was saying, he's, he's quite often on holiday in between games, especially away games that are a little bit tough, a little nerzzle. Um, But he was definitely on holiday in that game. And if he's part of the, uh, if he's part of the Wenger out, and this is just, this is just, he part was actually of sick. Okay. And his therapy <laughs> is he needs to go at the beach. Yeah. He has vitamin D deficiency. He's got to absorb the rays and get back to full strength. I'd, and that's just the type of player he is. All right. I can't wait until we get a proper manager in <laughs> that gives him, uh, a halftime rollicking if he's playing, uh, like a total embarrassment. Um, and I, I hope that somebody makes him accountable and pulls him up and says, this walking won't do, and stop padding your stats by just jogging around. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm taking... telling you, there's a systemic fix to this, though, that's much easier than yelling at Ozil. Okay, okay, so, so top level, do you think the players are downing tools, or are they just completely broken? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think they're... I think they're at their breaking point or near it. What do you, what's your opinion here? I don't know. I can't work it out. I did professional football. Well, we know that Chelsea down tools successfully. They're a great side and you can see when they just don't fancy it. Like they all agree, but they have like nasty characters in their side that just want to win. Um, they got Mourinho fired. I don't quite agree that they're trying to get Conte fired at the moment. I feel like Conte is trying to get himself fired, <laughs> but it do, it doesn't look good. I don't think that the players are putting the effort in. But is it is it downing tools or is it like when there's nothing to fight for? No, you I, don't fight. Yeah, I think I think they're they're like lost. You know, they they've got no. They've. I mean, as we'll talk about in a minute, they feel like they need help. They've got no guidance here, and I don't know. Just nothing's nothing's working out for them. You know, I think they're just like broken. Well, Steve Sibwell, a man who used to play for Arsenal, I think he was like a youth cup final captain back in the day. Um, famous outside football for having his wedding vows tattooed across the whole of his back. <laughs> so I'm not sure how much. Man. I'm not sure how much of his opinion we can take seriously, but he came out much in the same way as Troy Deeney did, and said on the Arsenal game, it is what everyone has been saying of late. There are no characters, no fight, no desire, no passion to wear the shirt. And that was evident yesterday. When your fellow professionals are ribbing you like that and they play for Brighton, it's hard. It, that's, that, that's hard comment to ignore. People aren't fighting for the jersey. It's the comfort zone. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I'm conflicted. That's such a your dad quote. There's no fight. There's no desire. There's no passion, you know, but you you can't say he's totally wrong, can you? Yeah, but this is uh, this is you being this is you being typically Arsenal snobby. Like people look, <laughs> oh no, passion doesn't exist. It's like, please, passion exists at the highest level of football. Like it is, uh, it is a tangible asset. And can you disagree with any of that? Uh, Jack Jack Wilshire does his. I'm gonna have have a faux fight on the pitch to show fans <laughs> that I care to show the Yadars that I'm the, like that I'm the darling of, of Arsenal. Handbags time, baby. Win them over. No one showed any character. Do you think anybody showed desire? Desire? Do you be, do you believe no. there was passion for the shirt out there? 
He's right. I mean, how can you, uh, people just don't like it because it's British. No, and, it, it's and we're just, not we're not a very fashionable nation. No, it's just couched in these weird stereotypes of passion, passion to wear the shirt. But are they stereotypes when it comes to Arsenal? That's the thing. They're not they're not stereotypes. <laughs> There no, they clearly are stereotypes. I'm not saying they're untrue in this case, but yeah, yeah. The, but yeah, I, I um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want. You've Steve been hanging Sidwell out online. To feel good, but he's he's you, not totally wrong. You're not totally wrong, Steve. You've they're, been hanging out online for too long with those hipsters. <laughs> All right, British hating. How dare you? <laughs> uh, so. Uh, yeah, I've I've got a I've got a better quote for you right here than Steve Sidwell. <laughs> Uh, I want you to listen to this. There comes a day when reality bites you on the arse, and I think today is the day. These players are not doing the job, and sadly, the manager will always have to take responsibility. It's over. Jeff Arsenal. I don't even know why this deserves any publicity <laughs> whatsoever. But- because it's it's like the the last guy in the cult when everyone else has, is dead on the floor from drinking the Kool-Aid, it's looking around and just says, why am I here? Like, finally the penny drops. You know, he, there's, there's no one left on the, on the Wenger, the Wenger in wagon. Yeah, I, uh, no, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Okay, one of the things that frustrates me about online Arsenal Twitter is... Everybody understands that you can make a lot of success by playing a character. Um, And I don't always feel that there's a lot of truth in a lot of the characters that play out there. Like, I'm going to be the the Wenger out guy and I am only ever going to say Wenger out. I'm going to be the Wenger in and I'm only ever going to say this. Or I'm going to say the most outrageous thing that I can and I'm never going to budge. And I understand that that's great because it allows people to connect with you in a way. Oh, you are this, and I will, I will follow your positivity forever. Yeah, I'm the but, Arsenal horse. That's me. A <laughs> horse that supports Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, precisely, <laughs> precisely. But um, my thing with LaGrove is, if just call it as it is. If it's going well, then say it's going well and celebrate it while it's happening. And if it's going badly, then like call it out as it is. But for anybody to be at this situation in their Arsenal or like arson arsenal relationship to only just have said i don't think this is going well lads <laughs> what 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 have you been looking at when you're sitting in the bar with your mates and you've just watched arsenal get spanked 10-2 by bayern munich what were you thinking when you watched arsenal get beat 8-2 at old trafford by man united like what what, what do you say like how can how can it be a forgivable position to back Arsene Wenger for well, this long. I'll tell you one thing. If you if you listen to that quote back, um, these players are not doing the job, and sadly, the manager will always have to take responsibility. You see that even even there, we're doing a, a little uh, slight blame shift there. That you know, really, it's the players' fault not playing for the manager. Yeah, I mean, never, never mind the shirt. My my biggest concern out of all this is, I've just been calling it right for ten, <laughs> ten and a half years, and have any of these people? who've said the meanest things about me on the internet, has anyone said, hey, you know what? You were right. Let me buy you a drink. You hear that, everyone? Stop saying mean things on the internet. Stop saying mean things on the internet. Well, at least, uh, at least people have come over, not to the dark side, to the light side. Okay? It's kind of like... I'm not, I'm not buzzing on mess- 
budging our yeah, message. People thought so, I was the enemy, but actually <laughs> I wasn't. I was some sort of saint. Anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, the next section uh, where we're going to talk about tears. <laughs> And we're back, part two of the Arsenal Opinion podcast. We're going to talk about feelings, emotions, and tears in this section, Dan. Ooh, should we put the music back on? <laughs> that, that was him. Maybe, maybe, that, maybe that could be nice. Um, so The Guardian ran a piece earlier in the week, uh, which actually didn't have a lot of information in it. It was um, David Hintner um, who penned it with a little bit of insider information. Um, do you want to read through it, Dan? Would you want me to? I'll go for it. The speech was delivered by one of the senior players in the Arsenal dressing room, but he did not finish it. He was too choked up as he reflected on how such a talented squad had come to resemble a bunch of drifters. He said his children were asking him why Arsenal was so bad. That was the moment when the tears welled in his eyes. Another Arsenal player stepped in. We are a big club, he said, tapping into the rallying cry theme. But we need more help from the coaches. That was the damning judgment, as it was articulated. It had actually been the motivation for the players to gather in the first place without Arsene Wenger. It's not going to happen, one of them said. We need to find the answers ourselves. So that was the as deep as the story got, really. Then it just <laughs> get carried on. The professional footballers want to win. Um, <laughs> firstly, who do we think cried? At first, I thought it was, I thought it was Pear. But... Everyone online seems to say it was Koscielny. I think the Sun said it was Koscielny, but we was can, it ta- the sun? Well, we can yeah. take that with a pinch of salt. <laughs> I thought it might be Jack. Looks mm. like he could get emotional. He's got young kids. Does Jack cry? It doesn't strike me as a... Yeah, maybe not. But I think the, the, the point here is if, you're, if your kids are being bullied because Arsenal are shit... Are, um, are they being bullied, though? Or are, or are people just saying, why does Arsenal suck? If you're Is a kid, it? you're being bullied. I mean, not like when I was a kid at school, people used to say Arsenal was shit. It used to make me cry. Hmm. Sorry to hear that. I know, it wasn't nice, but that's just what <laughs> happens um, in an English school. But a few things that I want to talk about here. Um, outside, whether it was Koscielny, it doesn't really matter who it is. It's always sad if, if people are feeling that emotional. Um, but what does that... What does that whole piece say about how weak we are as a, as a squad? Like nothing tangible has come out of that. Um, there's just a lot of emotions, uh, a lot of blame. Nobody's really taking the ball by the horns. And the reaction off the back of it, we lost again to City and then we lost to Brighton. So this, this whole meeting achieved absolutely nothing. Well, give us a nice news piece to talk about. So yeah, but I I, I like the news piece. Like the um, in 1998, we were going through a bad run in December, and I think we just lost to Blackburn Rovers away from home. And they had a team meeting, and Patrick Vieira was told that he needed to uh, to wake up, and uh, some of the other players were told off, and they had this big meeting. And then next thing you know, it we're going on an amazing run, and we win the Premier League. This story, not so much. Did anybody cry in the 1998 meeting, do you think? Mm. I have my doubts. I, I think you get smacked over the back <laughs> of the head if you cried in front of Tony Adams. So, what are, so anyway, firstly, we're not allowed to say man up anymore. But we are allowed to say, where's the stiff upper lip, boys? Right? <laughs> 
There's got to be an element you of could, that. You could say, this is a room full of men, I think, so you can, I'll, I'll allow you to say men yeah. up here. And it's not in a derogatory <laughs> term. I, like, Can we say grow up? Grow up. Like, this is sport. Like, we don't want to hear your emotions right now. We want to hear how you're going to fix things. Like, is that fair? I don't think that's fair, actually. Do, do, you, do, you, think it's toler- do you think it it should be tolerated that you cry in front of a group in a meeting when you're trying to fix things? Do you think that's a productive use of time? That's got nothing to do with the, if it's productive or not. That's just where they are in the season. Everything's bottom out. They're directionless and... They're searching for answers. They're feeling like shit. You know, that's sometimes emotion wells up. You know, that's you can't police someone's emotions. Yeah, but you can police somebody saying my kids are being asked if we're shit. Right. What 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 value is that adding to a meeting? Right? How is that constructive anyway? Who cares what who cares what's going on with your kids? Tell me what's going on on the pitch when you're not paying attention. <laughs> but it's like us now. It's a therapy session. You know, you just got to get it out. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe they, they're feeling stuck, you know? So you're pro-emotions? Pro-emotion. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm anti-emotion. I don't, think that that, um, I don't think that that's particularly productive, especially in a, a sporting environment. Um, I think you should save the tears for after, especially if it's not going anywhere. I will agree it's not, it's not quite productive. And I feel, I swear they have a meeting like this, like the players only meeting to save the season. I think this happens like every year, actually. There's always some point in the season where we're doing really poor, at least the past couple of years. We're a couple points back. We've really got to drill down and make it back into fourth. You know, I feel like we've, I feel like we've been through this a few times. Not quite this badly, but this happens a lot, doesn't it? And it is one, was my other question. So I, I've written a, on a few occasions over the last 10 years. Why don't Arsenal, why don't Arsenal players coach themselves well, right, because they're like, not coaches. Okay, well, <laughs> well permit. Uh, right, right. I'll take you back to the, the, the days when Pep Guardiola and take Mourinho were at Barcelona and Bobby Robson was the manager. And he used to put tactics up on the board. No one understood a fucking word that he was saying. So Pep Guardiola and Mourinho used to translate them, but they weren't really translating them. They were creating their own tactics for the team and then the team would go out and do what they do, and then they'd win. Is, is it too much of a jump to imagine that Arsenal players could do that? You've got Per Mertesacker, who's played in a Bundesliga winning side in Germany. He's played for World Cup winners, super intelligent. Um, we've got Meza Ozil, who's played for uh, Madrid under Mourinho. Uh, he's played for a, 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 you know, a few great managers, there are lots of players in the, in the team that surely must have opinions about the game, that are surely passionate about watching other sides that have been at other clubs. Is it beyond the pale to su- suggest that maybe they should club together? Maybe they could get a couple of video analysts in. Maybe they could run through some scenario training. Maybe do a little bit of... I mean, forget the players. Couldn't, couldn't we get Steve Bold to pull them aside and be like, okay, defensive unit, extra practice... This is how you defend. This is how you do not cave during a match. But we know that couldn't he, that happen? We know that he has no power because right. he's not, he's not empowered to do so. He's not earning enough money to to retire tomorrow. He needs that job. He knows that he can't go against Finger because he'll be out the door. But you can't put your key players out of the door. You can make them train on their own, but that's not a smart way of you know, using your money. So it, it, I know that it's a bit absurd to assume that players could do that. But here's my, here's my thing. 
maybe Chelsea players would do that. Maybe United players could do something like that. But Arsene Wenger has built that squad to be weak, hasn't he? He's intentionally not put big characters in there because he doesn't like conflict. Anybody that, that goes against him or questions his authority is out of the door in an instant. Robin Van Persie used to scout players for Arsene and try and get players to sign for him and was disgusted at his transfer strategy. Cesc Fabregas went to that meeting and was promised the world. Didn't, get, didn't come his way out the door. I know that Gael Clichy used to cause trouble behind the scenes, like constantly asking why Wenger was doing things or not doing other things. Pushed out the door. Wenger built a squad of players that cry when the going gets tough. <laughs> right? I, that's, you, an- another one we lost is uh, Szczesny, who I wish we hadn't. Maybe you could argue there's no way he'd ever progress if he had stayed, but another guy that just got to the, to the point where Wenger didn't want to deal with a bad boy and dispensed with him. And look at him now. And you, and you do start to look at the bad boys that leave, and you wonder whether, like, like when you have super intelligent kids at school, like they start acting up because they're bored. They're not being challenged. Uh, you can't imagine Max Allegri is having problems with Chesney at the moment, right? Because Chesney's being educated. No, like, He ev- probably feels a little bit yeah. out of his depth. Everyone in Italy smokes, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not a big deal. So... I, I think that part of this problem that we're having with players being completely disenfranchised is that Wenger built the squad that way. And he also built, his, he built out his backroom team that way. Nobody is empowered to think. Nobody is empowered to come up with ideas and run with them. Nobody is given any sort of control. So You're saying it's a massive culture of yes men. It's, it's a massive culture of yes men because that's the only way that you can survive at the club. And when you are the number one at what you do, in any business, when you are the number one and all the decisions you make are gold, you can afford to build a team of yes men around you. But the problem is, when things start going wrong, no one's there to tap you on the shoulder and say, Arsene, this is what the fuck's going wrong. They just roll with it. And Arsene Wenger is fine with that because he keeps people like Jerry Payton. He had Steve Rowley, an atrocious scout, still at the club. He keeps all of his yes men around him, like Borough Pyramac, or however you say it. What the fuck does he do? He's the tactics guy. He lays out the cones. Yeah, but he doesn't. He's too old to lay out the cones. He can't bend down. What's he doing? Yeah, and now we've got, like you said, yes players. So in this meeting, I wonder how many cried and how many are, you know, how many are coming up with the solution or proposing a reaction. Is it all just venting or are they actually coming up with any plan of action here? And you know what I really wonder? Did anybody say, we need to fucking get him out of here. This guy's a joke. We're Maybe. never going to progress. This is going to be, if we signs on another two year deal, this is two years of a wasted career. Because if we're thinking that, surely the players who live this every day, and le- these players know that it's shit. They know it's a joke. I heard a story about Podolsky um, years ago that he said to a, a German player the, before the buying game that, what a German player said to Podolski, we've done, we've done like three, three and a half hours of video analysis on Arsenal. And uh, Podolski laughed and said something along the lines of like, we've done 20 minutes on iPads. And that's the level of, of care that goes into it. But I just wonder why players don't go to the CEO. It showed in his game too, I've got to say. 
Uh, yeah, I know. I know, but again, like, yeah. he was... Yeah, I don't know. You can't You can't really go directly to the CEO, though, can you? Like, what, when if, you're you, a if, pro- you're, if you're having a problem with your boss, you can't, can't just go to the CEO of the company and complain. What if the problem's been happening for 10 years? <laughs> surely, yeah, and surely okay, the CEO... But you've only been there three yourself, so where does that put you? But surely the CEO should be finding out what's going on, on the ground. Shouldn't he be sitting and talking to the coaches and going, guys, what the fuck's going on? Shouldn't he's, he? It's, well, it's, he's shown he's not quite that type of CEO, is he? What really? Because he's uh, don't we do an investigation every season? What happens? <laughs> in, what happens in that review? Does, does Wenger sit in there with them, just staring at them? What what what, what did you see, Jerry? <laughs> like I always say, judge me in May, but he never tells you which year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so we agree that Wenger should be fired. There are some top ITK accounts. Um, they do exist, and that same Wenger is on death row. Um, so we've got uh, that Chris Muller chap saying that uh, if Wenger doesn't win the Europa League, he's out the door. We've got AFC Camden, uh, who is a good source of information, also saying that Wenger is finished. So we're very excited uh, about that. And um, you've got another statistic that you saw. Uh, right, I saw the AST released uh, their poll on members' opinions, and 88% of them said Wenger should not manage Arsenal next season. And I kind of felt like last season the AS team made a bit of a mistake. They didn't release their their poll until too late in the game. I think that that... Not that it would have made any difference to Stan Kroenke, but at least they've got that number out there early when you'd assume that Josh Kroenke and Stan Kroenke are making decisions at the moment. So basically... Everybody in media wants Wenger out. So we wanted to run some scenarios. So we've got the the most aggressive scenario, and that is that Arsene Wenger goes right now. So the case for Arsene Wenger going right now, we're closer to seventh than we are to fifth. We're probably going to go out of the Europa League and... Isn't it? Wouldn't it be a great idea to hire in a manager now who could start fixing problems in March instead of bringing somebody in on the 31st of May? The challenges that you have with this are there aren't a lot of world-class coaches around looking for jobs in March. But we do have some options. Thierry Henry is thirsty as fuck. <laughs> is he not? Yeah, he's uh, using his platform distastefully, you might say, to put his name out there over and over. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's Frank Underwood-type behavior going on. He was asked whether he'd take on the job, and he said that he was a competitor and he'd never turn down a challenge. So, yeah, he really dressed it up and made it sound like, you know, oh, it's this family and you, you've got to help out if they need your help, but... Come on. Come on, Thierry. Don't play dumb. So pros for Thierry Henry. I got to say that he loves the club. He's played under Arsene Wenger in his peak years. He's played under Pep Guardiola. He's played for the New York Red Bulls. Um, He's won a lot of things. He's got a great reputation. I know that from reading parts of his book when he first came over to England and he was living in a hotel, I think they installed three televisions in his hotel room so that he could watch three games at a time so he's a student of the game and i've watched a few 
training videos. I think it was uh, You Are My Arsenal shared some uh, training videos from Philadelphia where he was talking about uh, the the mental side of the game. Um, he said that he he relearned how to play football under Pep Guardiola, the master. So maybe some of that's rubbed off. Uh, he's done a bit of uh, tutelage under Martinez. Yeah, I might put that in the negative column. Yeah, that's, that's probably only only brain. coaching he's doing right now is part time under Roberto Martinez. So yeah, negative. It's not not really in it. Um, also, you know, yes, he was with Pep, but how many years ago was that? I don't know. Is that is that relevant? Now his job is really spitting out hot takes, and to top it off, he's bald. So how good of a candidate could he be? So you would say. No, I think I'd pass at least right now. I I, I can't see him being ready to take the reins. The the pro voices of Omri feel very much like the voices that were calling for Alan Shearer to take over Newcastle. You know, sometimes (laughs) you just shouldn't make your heroes the manager of your club. Yeah, or when Kenny Dalglish was coming back to Liverpool again, it's just like, yeah. Just just because they're your hero doesn't doesn't mean they're going to be your hero in the same in a different role. But anybody but Wenger mindset feels right, but it won't feel right when Thierry Henry is fucking things up. And also, it you if if he did badly, you'd have that sort of double whammy of oh, not only is Thierry failing, like uh, like a new manager failing, it's Thierry Henry. And yeah, you feel bad, oh, right? Uh, like you could imagine two, singing two tarnished legacies in a row. <sighs> no, imagine singing <laughs> Thierry out. Oh, that would be awful. <laughs> imagine having to write a hate piece about Thierry. <laughs> so, Tony Adams. Tony Adams also throwing his name in the ring. Based on an Instagram comment, I think. Yeah. He said something like, uh, "Is um, he wearing that green suit again?" Yeah, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> that would be great. Um, but yeah, he said something like, uh, "I'm under contract with the Chinese, but." If the family needs me, you know, I don't really know what that means, but <laughs> I don't mean I, to be mean, but I do think at the heart of it with Tony Adams, he's just not the sharpest. <laughs> he, you know, he doesn't he, seem like it, does he? he? He gives he gives the impression that he's the wisest person on the planet, but when you scratch beneath the surface, not a lot of what he says or does really smacks of Arsenal twenty eighteen. But isn't this the leadership and passion you've been crying out for? You can be passionate and you can be a leader and you can be smart all at the same time. When people talk about Steve Jobs as a leader, they talk about his passion. And no one in tech goes, passion, can't have no passion. <laughs> you want to be like Zuckerberg, do they? Why is it? Why is it? Well, as soon as you mention passion in English football, it's almost racist. <laughs> there, I said it. Yeah. I said it. Agreed. I can it's, say that as well because I'm in America. It's a white genocide, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But how about Pep Guardiola throwing Arteta's name into the ring? I know we did this a little bit in the last one. We feel a bit more positive about this. Yeah, Arteta sounds great, but we, we're just, you know, feels early for him still. It feels like the guy after the guy, right? I wouldn't want him to come in to a... A hot mess. Right. You want more experience to come in and, and uh, take, yeah. take the reins. It, it, it's it's a huge club. We were far below where we want to be, but you know you can't you can't you can't take that big of a risk right away, right? No. Finally, Steve Bolt. 
Yeah, it's an interesting prospect. So would if Steve Bold is is loyal, as you're saying, or needs to be, would what if what if Ivan told him, Hey Steve, I'm gonna get rid of Wenger. I want you to be the caretaker and see out the year. Maybe finish sixth for me. Maybe win Europa League. You think you can do it, buddy? Then we'll talk in summer. I think it would be an interesting plan and it can't be any worse than what's going on at the moment. But wasn't it Steve Bold who was in charge at Nottingham Forest when Wenger was suspended? Oh, was he? Uh, I think so. But it shouldn't go against him. Oh, I think, right. I think Steve Bold... That's one game, though. Like, yeah, I think Steve Bold is charismatic. I think he's a cool head. I think he knows all of the problems that are going on at the club. I think he's smart. And I think he's got a great reputation amongst the players. I think that that, that could be the smartest move if we got rid of Wenger right now. My only thing is I feel like he's he's such a part of the establishment, even though he's only been there the past couple of years. It's still a situation where you feel like you want to clean house and, and help everyone move on. And I don't think he helps everyone move on necessarily. So I'm on the fence about that one. I'm, I'm more into scenario two, which is Vanker goes in the summer. Okay. What do you think... What do you think about this? What's the what's the chance this happens? It seems like it's picking up steam that he, I I can scarcely believe it, but he may actually lose his job before his contract ends. Seems like something that's totally impossible, and you couldn't even have said that a week or two ago. But it feels like a very real possibility now. Do you think Josh Kroenke, Ivan get together and they pull the trigger in the summer? I think the. Stan is fascinated by his LA Rams project. I think he's bringing in Josh to take over the reins at Arsenal. And I think he understands how much Arsenal fans are tired of Wenger. And I think what a, what a great political move. Josh comes in, first job, fire Wenger. This is the new era. So I think that that's what's going to happen. I agree with you. I think it's more likely to happen in the summer. But we can't allow this indecisive typical boardroom behavior to happen. I think the the club in the next two weeks need to make a decision. Arsene, you're done. We've ramped up our search and select and we're going to make an appointment. Um, we're going to keep this all secret and we're going to back channel between you and this guy and hand over the reins. So the, the new guy isn't starting on the 31st of May. Because that it wouldn't be a disaster. A disaster would be Wenger. But, but give everybody stability. Tell the players, you have got to play for Wenger. Like, this, this behavior that's happening is fucking unacceptable. Um, we want you to win the Europa League for him. Send him off with a little bit of dignity. Uh, we want these last two, three months to be amazing for him. We don't care that you're not going to get into the top four, but your careers are on the line. The new manager's watching, so buck up. Um, and play your hearts out. And then we can do exactly what City did with Pep Guardiola because they let everybody know that he was coming in in February um, so that when he arrived, it wasn't all new because we can't really have a six-week exploration session where you sit there and meet people. You start on the 31st of May, you've got to be straight into that job working out who to buy and how to fix things. And I would rather the new manager came in like knowing what needed to be done rather than like basically, because right. if you come in that late, you're guessing. Yeah. You've right? got to be part of that whole process. Yeah. 
you can't come in halfway through the transfer window and, and try to put something together on the fly. And, and that's the that's the thing with the summer move. Move for a manager in the summer, great, but do it properly because we just have a habit of fucking things up. Like we should never have let last season get to the stage that it did, and it was and it was a, a, a appalling. And last summer's debacle then led Wenger to have a shocking summer ahead of it because he didn't know that he was staying. He didn't know he was staying right up until the last minute. So then it was like, ah, what are we going to do? Yeah, and he's admitted as much that it affected everyone in the, in the side. Yeah, and it, and it messed up. And we didn't know what we were doing with Ozil. We didn't know what we were doing with Sanchez. We tried to sign Lamar. We didn't sign a defender. Absolute disaster. Let's not have that. Let's just... Okay, so we, 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 we like scenario two. Here is, the, here is the absolute nightmare scenario. <laughs> and it's, but it's the best kind of nightmare, right? Scenario three, he wins the Europa League, takes us back to the Champions League. What do you do then? You know, we, we feel good. We string to get together a couple of victories. Uh, we get a trophy, a European trophy that's eluded us for so long. And we give Wenger uh, another year. It would be so yeah. Wenger, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be so Wenger. And honestly, the, the cynic deep inside me keeps saying this is going to happen. He's gonna he's gonna wait till he gets he turns things around, pick up a couple wins. He's gonna say, "Oh, we've got belief again. Uh, the crisis is over. I know I can turn this around. I can do it. Only I can do it." And I always see out my contract. I always honor my contract, which he loves to say, which is such a weird thing in any other club, in any other sport, even. Where, where else do you even hear that? You know, it's it's such a weird situation. But I just like see him pulling that out. And, and going into another year. I, I think that regardless of whether he wins that trophy, it should be over. Like you cannot ignore the problems that he's had this season with, with playing basically one game a week, even if he delivers a trophy. If he delivers a trophy, that is the send-off he deserves. You won your first European trophy for Arsenal. The first big... Tro- I mean, can we we can say the Europa League is a big trophy. Oh, yeah. That's it's, a big it's trophy. It's got three handles, I think. Is that Europa League? No, that's the that's the Community Cup or whatever yeah. it is now. But, uh, What's that, the Europa League trophy look like? Who knows? I think it's like the I'm big... I'm sure it's big. very tall, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big um, trophy. But yeah, okay. So, scenario three is the most unideal, ideal situation, right? Mm. He wins it. We still fire him. Let me ask you, what, what chance do you give this of happening, though, of him continuing one more year? If he wins the Europa League, 75%. 75 wow. of him staying. Yeah, like, I don't think he's going to win the Europa League. Let's be realistic. It, yeah, those, players, those players don't have it in them to beat what, what are we in the last 16 so we've got the last 16 quarters yes. and semis over two legs. There's no way we've got that yeah. in us. There's actually a lot of good clubs still in the league, though. Um, Atletico Madrid still in. Dortmund still in. Red Bull. Both Red Bulls are still in. Uh, Marseille and Lyon are both in. There's uh, third and fourth place teams in France right now. So there's, you know, there's decent competition still. We can't, we, we can't get around. There's no easy walk to the final, I don't think. Marseille and Lyon are... Interesting sides. Mm-hmm. They pack through. They pack, would give us trouble. Pack with some good players. Um, Leipzig would definitely cause us problems. Uh, is it Red Bull Salzburg? Yes. Salzburg, uh, incredibly fit side. Um, and play with the same high intensity as, uh, as their German counterparts. Dortmund have not really hit it off this season. 
Uh, but they still have a lot of good players. And Atleti, <laughs> no chance. No chance we'll be able to turn over those guys. No, could you, um, could you see days. us scoring against Atleti? No, uh, absolutely yeah, not. I can't imagine. The that. worry would be if they went out before and we got like a, a, one of those FA Cup runs that we've been so famous for, playing all the easy sides up until yes. the final. <laughs> Uh, and, and like the, the Wenger luck, the last gasp. But I think that I think that this is beyond him. Um, but we do have Milan up on Thursday. Mm. How are you feeling about that? I'm feeling uh, intrigued because, uh, like the uh, the quote you let off with to start the episode from Wenger, uh, Gattuso, uh, the current Milan manager, had a, a very interesting one too. Let me read that to you. Yeah. So Gattuso, Gattuso goes. As long as my players show respect, not for me, but for the locker room, their teammates, and the club, I will tear my heart out of my chest and let them play keepy-uppy with it. Wow. Passion merchant, right? That, he's a passion merchant. Passion merchant. But, but because he's Italian, it's classy and it's endearing yeah. and you want to be a part of it. You but when he's it. an English guy and he's like, I want you to rip up my bag of fish and chips and play keepy-uppy with it, all of a sudden it's not classy. Because it because it doesn't have a three thousand dollar suit. <laughs> yeah, he's he and Wenger are both prone to saying some interesting things. So I was wondering if I could quiz you. Could I give you a quote and you tell me which poetic philosopher said it? Arsene mm-hmm. Wenger or Rito Gattuso? Yeah. All right. Here's the quote: What is most important is focusing on what's important, and that you give absolutely your best with full commitment. Gattuso. No, that is the passion merchant Arsene Wenger. <laughs> All right, let me give you another one. I must tell you honestly at the moment, my future is not my main worry. My worry is to win football games. Wenger. Wenger, that is Wenger. Big Vang. Big Vang. All right, so who said this? If we want to think about a Champions League place, then this is like a final. Gattuso. That is Gattuso. Yeah. Thought the like a final may trip you up, but no, that was that was Gattuso when they were uh, going to head into the the Milan Derby, which is uh, of course postponed. Um, here's another one. I believe the quality of a manager is to try to shorten the crisis. I believe I can do it. Oh God, it, that could be Wenger. Wenger. That is Wenger. <laughs> that was Wenger ju- ju- just recently. He said that. Um, let's see. Here's another one. We need to get back to being a side who gives emotions to the fans. And I think we're heading that way. Oh, that's got to be Gattuso. That's Gattuso for so sure. Italian, <laughs> so Italian, that one, So Italian. Yeah. We give it the emotion to the fan. They love it. But he's, he has British passion yes. about him because he obviously played in Scotland for oh, Rangers. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So he, he knows, he knows real passion. The madman. He knows, he knows the fancy passion with the I, red wine. And he knows the Scottish passion, <laughs> the deep fried Mars bar. Yes, breaking the liquor bottle over your head. Yeah, I, I say I keep saying passion merchant, but I I love Gattuso. He was one of my favorite players in those old Milan and Italy sides as well. And, we, and he's an absolute maniac. I love him. I love when he took his pants off and ran around for no reason at all. He's just a crazy dude. Um, but here's the thing, isn't it? That we have a better team than Milan, but we're not organized. Mm-hmm. What wins? Talent or organization. Yeah. My, gu- my Milan, gut says... Milan don't have a good team, but they haven't lost in quite a while thir- now. 13 games, I believe. 13 games, wow. Yeah. Uh, and they, I think they beat Roma. 
So they've beaten some good sides. So th- th- that's what's going to happen. And, and can can you beat an organised Gattuso team that's fired up? I, it's th- probably the least ideal place to be going right now for us at Wenger, right? Yeah, it's definitely going to... Oh man, it's, just, it's not what we need at the moment. Or the most ideal. Because if he beats Milan, people go back to that uh, early 2000s Milan team, don't they? You don't think of Milan as being shit. I mean, do... Is is what we need someone to get up in our faces? Maybe push us in the chest, you know, get, get us fired up. Maybe some of that big game excitement because you know we've had some good big games recently. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> not many. I mean, <laughs> we beat Chelsea. Yeah, uh, it depends how you define recently, I suppose. But so predictions? Yeah, um, for Milan or for the future? M- Milan, Milan, the future. Where's it going? Milan. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think we get it done. I think the the mighty organized Milan is gonna going to trip us up. I don't, it didn't sound like the players meeting solved anything. Um, I don't think Wenger's really got the answers to. So yeah, yeah, I think it's a loss for us. I agree. I think that we're going to lose. I can't see, I, I, I can't see, I don't want us to win either. I know that sounds really shitty, but <laughs> I don't, I don't want the, the, the fairy tale ending. I don't even want the, Oh, well he almost did. Cause he made a semi final, and that's better than we normally do. I don't want anything to get in the way of Wenger being gone. Like I because I just that, can't put up with another year of it. That used to sound like sacrilege to me, and I never, ever understood the perspective of, of wanting a loss or not wanting the team to do the best they could. But I, I don't know. I just don't... I, I can't find myself caring as much anymore just because it's gotten so bad. Because here's the thing. If if he does win the Europa League, it's not one extra year, it's two. Two? You think it's two now? It's, wait, it will have to be because... Um, <laughs> Yeah, you think will. he puts a little a little bumper on his contract? Yep, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. First European Cup in the Emirates, it would it'd be <laughs> oh, horrific. Yeah. Well, then you've got to get him the chance to go for the Champions League, right? Yeah, exactly. Like two two years to do that's fair. I feel like maybe one more, maybe he gets a two year extension, maybe three, maybe three. No, don't, <laughs> no, don't. Right, um, I think that that takes us up to our hour. That felt cathartic. Yes. You feeling good? No, not really, but you know. Okay. I feel better. Who who we got at the weekend in the Premier League? Oh, that's a good question. We should look that up. Yeah. So uh, Milan on Thursday night. Uh, we've we got it's a six o'clock kickoff. Six o'clock on a Thursday night. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Then we've got uh, Watford at home. That'll be a great one. Followed by Milan. Followed by Stoke. Uh, an interesting uh, grouping of games. Um, Watford have got quite the Italian influence anyway, so it'll feel um, very Italian over the next few weeks. Anyway, enough rambling from me. Dan, thank you um, for joining the podcast. Cheers, Pete. Uh, on that note, I will say goodbye. <laughs>
I'm Carrie Ipema. And I'm Quinlan Posner. Every week we'll bring you a real crime that made the headlines. One you may have heard of before, or one you may have never imagined possible. But we'll take you beyond what you see on the front page. We'll follow the story as it happens in real time and use hindsight to pull apart fact from fiction. From Lifetime comes a brand new weekly podcast, Crime of a Lifetime. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.